0: Welcome to the Rewrite Your Story with Tasha Joe podcast, where we fearlessly dive into the vast realm of thoughts, ideas, and conversations that know no bounds. Buckle up and prepare for a wild ride as we venture into uncharted territories and explore the unexplored. On this journey, we leave no stone unturned and no topic untouched. From the profound to the absurd, from the mundane to the extraordinary, We delve into the depths of human curiosity and embrace the sheer unpredictability of life. This is the podcast where anything and everything takes center stage. Each episode is a thrilling adventure into the unknown as we bring you fascinating discussions, captivating stories, and mind-bending perspectives. As we embark on a quest for knowledge, enlightenment, and endless entertainment. Expect the unexpected, for here, there are no boundaries and no limitations. Open your mind, expand your horizons, and get ready to be captivated by the infinite possibilities that await. So whether you're a seeker of knowledge, a lover of stories, or simply someone who craves the thrill of the unknown, this podcast is tailor-made just for you. Tune in, fasten your seatbelt, and prepare for a roller coaster ride through the vast expanse of human curiosity. Get ready to be amazed, enlightened, and entertained, because on this podcast, there's only one rule... There are no rules. Hello, beautiful friends. On today's episode, I have Maxwell and Christina here with me. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hey. <laughs> so as we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about tonight, um, divorce is what we came up with. We all have different experiences and as you know, on this podcast, we like to lean into the discomfort and talk about the uncomfortable stuff. And we all have completely different experiences. And we're hoping that maybe this information can help you. And yeah, so we're going to go ahead and start out with Christina. Christina, why don't you tell us how was your divorce?
1: Absolutely horrible. So m- my divorce was very long time ago. My divorce was final in 1998, so it's been a minute. But my life went from Little House on the Prairie, White Picket Fence, to a Jerry Springer episode. Mm. It was protection orders. It was two years of living hell. There was nothing amicable. There was mental illness, drug use, and infidelity. It was literally everything Maury Povich is... is, Yeah, is on TV for. That was my divorce. That does
0: not sound fun. It wasn't
1: a pleasant experience.
0: And Maxwell, how was your divorce before we get into each other's stories? What was yours?
2: I was at a point where I was a really angry person. Mm. And but because of different factors, not feeling supported. And I was triggering my ex-wife. My ex-wife was triggering me. And it just wasn't a very healthy dynamic. And it got to a point where I knew it was over, but I couldn't leave my wife and three children. So I just kept pushing, 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 getting angrier, angrier, angrier. And it was her that that couldn't deal with it anymore because her older sister passed away from ovarian cancer and she had an aha moment, like this is not how I want to live and decided to ask for a divorce. And at that time, I just felt betrayed you know all these negative feelings and but I was just like whatever you want kind of people pleasing not standing up for myself and just signing documents getting it over with and yeah looking back (laughs) I wish I would have done things different but that was the path and I've learned a lot and changed a lot since then so
0: totally and you saying she had like that aha moment I had that same experience. When I lost my brother, that was the final straw for me. I just had that light bulb moment like, yes, a divorce is what I need to do. And my divorce did go very smoothly. And I fought for it when I was thinking about getting a divorce. I told myself, I want to be able to say I did everything in my power I could to make this relationship work, this marriage work. And I did, but yeah, as I started my spiritual journey, I came to that conclusion that I want more for myself and you know, and it's not even about the other person. It was about us two together that it just wasn't working, but like you said, having no regrets. We're meant to be together for that time and yeah, how long were your guys' marriages for? Um, we were together 10 years. 10 years, 10 years. 11. 11. Okay, mine was 8. So, very similar. Yeah, really close in time. Yeah.
2: And how many kids do you have, Christina? Two. Two. I had three. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> so we have different experiences. <laughs> totally.
0: Though. Yeah, like Christina said, as we were sitting here talking about um, wanting to talk about divorce, would you say mine was like Mary Poppins?
1: Um, I, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, mind you, that's coming from yes. my experience. Mm-hmm. I would have paid for that yeah. type of experience. Now looking back in retrospect, I learned so much about myself. Oh, totally. For me, what it did for me is it propelled me into be a huge advocate for mental illness. Mm. There wasn't talk about mental illness. My ex-husband was, he's extreme bipolar, but he was misdiagnosed. He was not medicated properly. Getting help was pulling teeth. He was a subcontractor. We couldn't afford most of the costs for the treatments that they were suggesting. And it just created this horrible mess. It was a snowball that got completely out of control and took us both out. Yeah. Took us both out. Wow. Yeah. And looking back, too, I was
0: a completely different person back then in that marriage. Mm -hmm. And I would have handled situations totally different, but we can't go there and say, if I was this way then, right? Mm -hmm. Some people come into our lives for a season, but it's always for a reason, for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. And how are you guys both, Maxwell, how's your relationship with your ex-wife now? I mean, it's, you guys have kids, so.
2: Yeah, it's smooth. I w- we're not best friends. <laughs> but, um, but we gotten to a point where it works. Yeah. But the kids live with her. She's full custody. Okay. And I get to see them once a week. And it was more often before and I wanted to have a better relationship with her like at at that time um, you know because she had a boyfriend I had a girlfriend and it's like my vision was that we're all just like get along and like you know for the kids and like just for um, the betterment of of both her and her boyfriend and me and my girlfriend Um, so I had regular talks with her but I realized through those talks like I was learning to stand up for myself too and speak my truth and like what I felt and what I was going through, mm-hmm. but that who we weren't there yet, yeah. like it was still very triggering for her. There was a lot of fears and trauma that needed to be healed. And through the conversations, I did mention like setting time for her own healing. And it was after that that, she decided to go to therapy and it was right after her first therapy session that she shut me out more Mm. and that was okay for me like i was at a state where i understood that this is temporary and it's what she needed
0: it was necessary
2: yeah to heal from those wounds and who knows what the future will hold but allowing her that not being reactive and just i had a choice like i could either be a shitty Mm ex-husband right (laughs) (laughs) or choose the opposite of that and
0: So would you say it's gotten better over time, your relationship with her?
2: It's developing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm staying true to myself and being the best version of me and just surrendering to what is happening and not getting too worked up about it Mm -hmm. because I'm at peace with the situation. Do I want to see my kids more? Yeah, but that's not...
0: And you can't change people. Yeah.
2: Yeah, or, you know... Dwelling on things that are out of my control.
1: Absolutely. And Christina, what about you? It was at my daughter's. So my daughter's birthday is the 3rd of July. And it was about maybe 10 years ago. I can't believe it's been that long ago. We were having a huge party for her at his house. He has a pool and all the stuff. So there was this big get together. <clears throat> and he and I were sitting next to one another, just chatting. And he looked at, it at me out of nowhere and said, you realize none of that was your fault. I mean, it was out of nowhere. Wow! And he said, "I was misdiagnosed. I wasn't medicated mm. correctly. On top of my upbringing, on top of my trauma, and I had no coping mechanisms. It was not your fault I cheated. It was not your fault that I went off the way that I did. And I really love you for always sticking by my side. Because Back then, I did was you his, think it was your fault. Um, initially." I think I did. Mm. Initially, when I learned about all, especially all of the affairs, because Mm -hmm. there were multiple. Absolutely, you feel like I could have done something different. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't this enough. But a light bulb came. I had the uh aha moment, right? The Oprah Winfrey Mm -hmm. uh aha moment. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what this circumstance, I don't remember the circumstance. But here I was, single mom. I didn't have a job. I was a stay-at-home mom when we separated. Living in a piece of crud, broken down place because it's all I could afford. I had lost everything the car, the house, everything. We'd lost everything. And I remember saying to myself, He can take my stuff. He will never take me. Mm. That was my defining moment. He can have everything. He can destroy our credit. I will lose every piece of furniture and clothing I have. He will never. I will never let him have me.
0: I'm not going to lose myself. I will
1: never allow anyone to have me like that again. Yeah. Take me, what makes me me.
0: I think that's the most important thing, too, is I've talked about it in previous episodes. Always direct it back to yourself. Always do what you need to do to keep your peace and responding versus reacting. And can't change people. They got to want to change for
1: themselves. Mm -hmm. So, how did you, Tasha? During your divorce, how did you go through the breakup without completely breaking apart yourself? I, or did you and just put yourself back together? I think
0: my breaking part was throughout the marriage, the constant crying sessions and coming to him saying, I'm breaking, something has to change, I see where this is going, and just the fighting to want it to work because I did. I loved him so much. And But we just didn't get along. And then I started my spiritual journey. I lost my brother, started my spiritual journey, started working on myself. And then it was just one day it just hit me. I just said, enough. I'm not going to do this anymore. And also at that time, too, realizing it was this was years coming. And I, yeah, I told him I wanted a divorce. And at first, it wasn't very pretty, you know, the, arguing. Well, the lashing out and just the anger came out. And then I just made that conscious decision and said, I'm not going to respond that way. I pretty much said, listen, we're going to be friends, whether you like it or not. We're still going to live together until the house is sold. So yeah, we decided we are going to get a divorce and we put the house on the market and we still lived together for two and a half months after that. And we were, we were civil and We helped each other pack up, uh, move into our new places. And we are, we're really good friends now. And we hang out still sometimes, like him and his girlfriend and me and whoever I was dating at that time. But yeah, we have a really good relationship. And, you know, after our court date, I remember we went out to have a drink and I looked at him and I said, hey, please don't jump into another relationship. Like, work on yourself. I'm going to do that too. And He really took that to heart and he didn't date anybody for like a year. And I think that's like the biggest thing. So many people go from relationship to relationship and carry the baggage and Mm -hmm. the hurt into the next relationship. And that's why it's crucial to heal those wounds and work on yourself before entering another relationship.
2: And that takes a level of introspection. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had that, like (laughs) the, the, the experience you went through. Yeah, mine's different, not very
0: common Same divorce stories I hear. I'm like, whew, that's ugly. Yeah.
2: For me, when she brought it up, you know, I was just really felt betrayed and didn't know what to do, really upset. And I I just asked, like, do you want me to move out now or what? Yeah. And I ended up moving out that night and I didn't know what to do. Mm. Ended up living for a time in a 19-foot RV on a driveway of our friend's house
0: okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> trying to figure things out um and then i had a, a massive knee infection out of nowhere
1: mm.
2: i was in and out of the er three times when they until they finally admitted me because this wasn't during covid so like the hospital was full but finally they decided they needed to cut that infection out of me but like all that happening i just felt like my life was Oh,
1: wow. All at the same time. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. We never said the word divorce. Isn't that crazy? We We never, we actually never talked about. Oh, for you. Yeah. Sean and I never talked about getting divorced. Okay. He was spiraling and I saw him spiraling and he was having complete meltdowns and breakdowns and this temper and this anger and this rage would come out of him and it. I never knew which version of him I was going to get. And like I said, I was all but begging mental health uh, practitioners. I had to have him involuntarily admitted once for 72 hours for a hold. And they let him out just saying, oh, just have him work on the marriage and he should be fine. And he was having complete delusional episodes. His bipolar at that time was so bad. Mm -hmm. And nobody was helping us. It was horrible. And it took years. Even post our divorce, he would skip off the yellow brick road and I would be the person he would contact. Even if he was with someone, I was his point of contact and I would take him, we'd get him on some medication. I'd help him get stable until the next time that cycle happened. And that went on for years. That went on for probably eight or nine years post us even being divorced. Until they finally got the proper diagnosis, but we never actually had the divorce talk mm-hmm. until I realized it was too dangerous for me and my children to be with him. Okay, like our life was in danger, and I had to leave. I had to bake cake. So,
0: do either of you come from divorced families? Yes. Yeah, yeah me too.
1: Wow,
2: crazy. Yeah, yeah, my my father left when I was two. Okay. Left my mother and older sister in a foreign country.
1: Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What about you, Christina? Um, Yeah, my parents divorced when I was in high school. Me too, right when I graduated high school. Yeah, I was about that age. Okay.
0: And how was their relationship after the divorce? Their best friends. My parents too. Mm.
1: Yeah, their best friends. We we, we do holidays (laughs) every year. We do. We choose either Thanksgiving or Christmas and them and their prospective partners. I mean, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're really, really close.
0: And I think that's why it's so important and hearing other people's stories too, because as you can see, you know, all of our experiences are so different and we can want an outcome, but that doesn't necessarily mean even if you are doing your best and you want to have that relationship with your ex, that's not the case for everybody. Some people still have their egos and aren't mature enough or there's just
1: so many different circumstances. So... Tasha, so going fast forward, so you're divorced and you're dating, Mm -hmm. and we're not talking about current partner, Mm -hmm. but you're dating and you're in partnerships. Did you find that you brought traces, some of those old habits forward into your relationships after that? And if so, how did you reconcile those pieces of yourself? Absolutely. And one
0: memory comes to mind. So. I always have a lot to say. I'm a talker. And I always wanted to talk to my ex-husband the second he'd get home from work. And he liked to unwind. So we came up with a rule that the first 20 minutes when he got home was his time. So I'm like looking at my watch. Has it been 20 minutes yet? Because I've got so much to say. I'd always, my saying was, so I was thinking, because I would have all these different ideas. And that was our thing. Well, fast forward to my relationship after that, I purposely wouldn't be home when he got home. I'd go walk the block or be out running errands. And he'd be like, why are you never home when I get here? I'm like, oh, I'm just giving you your space. And he's like, I want to see you right when I get home. So every single relationship is so different. Um, And then what else did you say about that?
1: Well, so what traits do you recall bringing in? what traumas or traits did you bring into following relationships? And then how did you rectify those, like in your current relationship? Or or do you think for you it was just kind of as you went along?
0: Um, Maybe a little bit of both. I mean, I definitely paid attention to the things I didn't want to bring into my next relationship. I mean, I've had not several but 2019 was the year of my fucking life and i know it was covid but that year i joke about this because in one year from june to june i literally had a husband a boyfriend and a fiance not at the same time but <laughs> all in a year yeah and let let me tell you not only that but from june to june and going from those relationships that was the year I also started my business. I broke my fibula. I uh, moved the locations. I moved to San Diego because my third relationship, I met somebody and sold everything I owned and up and moved to San Diego, which I was there for only three months and then moved home. And I had to start completely over. Like you said, you were living in an RV. Yeah, I did too. I drove home and had no idea where I was going to live. My mom had her RV in her um, parking lot and that's where I camped out until I got my own place. And yeah, it was just, it was a very busy and hectic, chaotic year. But I look back and again, I have no regrets. You learn from every relationship. My parents would joke and say, I couldn't settle down because I was jumping from relationship to relationship. But to me, I refuse to settle. I know what I want and I go for it. And if it's not there, then I move on. So, yeah, I definitely in the beginning think I took some things into the next relationships. Um, But, yeah, another game changer for me was I used to be... Not as confident and insecure to where, when I'd like go on dates, I would get so nervous, and I know there's a lot of you out there that probably feel the same way. the jitters come, you feel like you need to have a drink to loosen up, and I would get really scared, not even scared, but just nervous and be like, "Oh gosh, I hope he likes me on my way to a date." And that changed for me. Then it just hit me. I was like, "What am I doing? I hope I like him. I know what I bring to the table. <laughs> right. like, what?" And that was a game changer for me. I just started getting more confident and knowing what I wanted and refusing to settle.
1: How about about you?
2: I kind of learned as I went too, but after each relationship, I would be, like I'm always a very introspective person, but I would kind of dissect like what happened. What
0: worked, what didn't work. What
2: worked, yeah. Because it's (laughs) like, I know you attract the same level of vibration you attract a partner that's at your same vibration. You know, when, when I got divorced, I went through a lot of depression, had to rebuild my life and everything. And once things started going a bit okay, you know, I was in a relationship, but then after that one, I realized I was very anxious to that, uh-huh. that relationship before, during my marriage, I was angry. Now I'm anxious. And to the point that I had panic attacks at work, and I and I had to leave work, and I was like, "That's so weird! Like, what is happening?" And when that relationship ended, it gave me the space to reflect back, like, "What all happened?" And that kind of started on my self healing journey, and I was beginning to learn about um, attachment attachment styles yeah. and all that, and it just started snowballing. And I did a lot of self work, you know, and you're you level up, and you're vibrating at a different energy and then you attract someone else that you then learn from that relationship and then you learn and you keep building and building yourself up and keeping introspective and keep dissecting things and
0: the more you work on yourself you notice the better your relationships get oh yeah for 100%. sure yeah. yeah
1: what about you christina i definitely brought in stuff from my marriage but because for about two years my marriage was Kind of like walking through a field with landmines. Mm. I never knew what to expect. So I made myself really small because being small didn't trigger that behavior. I that can was totally safe. relate to that. Yeah. So I definitely brought that into relationships. And Maxwell just hit it on the head because every relationship that I had after that, even if it was short lived, the next one was better right. and the next yeah. one was better. And in this current relationship, I mean, I've definitely met my person, and it doesn't mean that I'm not triggered. The difference is now I go, wow, I was just really triggered. Mm
2: -hmm. Not
1: you pissed me off. Yeah. You hurt my feelings. You said it's never that way. It's like, wow, you just said blah, blah, blah. Do you want to know how that hit me? And I will say exactly, wow, that made me feel like blah, blah, blah. Wow, that must have really triggered something. So we're both extremely self-aware, and we communicate everything, but never "you made me."
2: Right. I think that a lot of people huge. get stuck in that, and oh, I the, was guilty of that too. And I guess sure. the advice is to be self-aware, to be and stop pointing the finger. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can't control the other person; you can only control yourself and your reaction. Yeah, yeah.
0: and looking back, you saying that, like, I did point the finger a lot. So you did know, I. you're always negative. So I definitely don't do that anymore.
2: Yeah. And I knew I wasn't the best version of myself either. Me you know, too. Especially And especially during the marriage. But yeah, just blaming the other person is not going to allow you to grow. It actually going to let you stay stagnant mm-hmm. and, and perpetuating those same hurts and traumas and triggers in the relationship after relationship after relationship. Or you are just going to attract people at a Let's say like a lower vibration. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: And it's going to continue to be miserable.
0: So what is the biggest thing you look for in a relationship?
2: Working on yourself.
1: Mm. What about you, Christina? Um, I made a list.
2: Yeah, I have a list too. I just named like one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should oh, yeah, we talk no, about our sure. list? No, I was just yeah. saying we
1: will talk about our list. But what is like the main mm-hmm. thing? The main? That's really hard for me to peg because to me it's an accumulation of so Many things. Mm -hmm. To me, it was energy. It was, I will know that person. I will be so in tune with what I want energetically, what it's going to feel like to be in their presence, Mm. what it's going to feel like when we're conversing. They're going to, I'm going to know. I'm just going to know. That's what I kept saying. I'm going to know. And if I, I can be sitting across from someone, oh my God, I went on some dates with some great guys, good looking, they checked all the boxes. And also something, mm-mm, something, something's not right. Doesn't doesn't set right with mm-hmm. me. And I followed that, and it was like literally the first date with Ken. And people would tell me this, and I would always, "You are so full of BS." I used to get so <laughs> pissed when my friends, would, "You'll just know." And I'm like, "Whatever, whatever, happily ever after, whatever." <laughs> That's Seriously, yeah, I'd hear yeah. it and be like, "What? You're so full of it." And then the first date that Ken and I were on, I knew it was so seamless. The energy was so effortless between us because anybody can tell you what you want to hear but you can feel it yeah you can feel it i learned how to listen to my bells and buzzers i listened how to pay attention how do i feel in their presence are my shoulders tense am i going into old habits do i feel like i have to protect my? like what's energetically what's this exchange like and that sounds woo woo but your body never lies to you. No, and that's not woo woo at all because you saying that, that is that's truth right there
0: because I had to go through the the unauthentic relationships to cuz I used to believe everything I would hear and trust these guys which mm-hmm. later on their true colors would come out and now I know the difference between real and fake because I can feel it. amen people say to me that i'm a um, human lie detector i can literally tell if somebody's lying to me i feel it and so yeah Yeah. going with that feeling that inner knowing for sure
2: it it also comes from a a state of being um not seeking validation or Mm. seeking love and actually embodying that you know Mm -hmm. because for you christina you're saying all these things and Oh, I'm messing it up. It the just checklist slipped my, sling slipped my mind <laughs> oh no that happens to me it
0: happens to all of us we're like wait what, what was i talking about <laughs> yeah right
2: but for me um i would someone gets attention gives me attention and i would be like oh I, I like this person you know and like things show up in the relationship and i just ignore it mm-hmm. and because i don't want to lose this person mm-hmm. instead of seeing these red flags and standing up for yourself and being like nope, see ya. I don't like how this is going or let's have a conversation about this. Honoring yourself and yeah. what you need.
0: Well, I think in, when you're in the relationship too, it's easier to um not see the red flags when you're s- like on that cloud nine. Yeah.
2: Cuz you're seeking all this stuff outside of you mm-hmm. cuz it's lacking inside, but I think for me personally through each relationship, it's like I'm realizing my own value and my own worth and what I bring to the relationship.
0: And I think, yeah, and we always talk about, you know, when you're manifesting a partner, this could be romantic or it could be a friendship. But when you're manifesting certain people in your life, you've got to, like you were saying, match that vibration. And I always recommend to people make a checklist or write down all the things you want in a partner, and you have to be able to Vibrate on that frequency. How can you say you want all these things of somebody, but yet
1: you're not being that way? You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it's funny. Ken and I joke about this on my list. I wrote, He wears vans and a fedora. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. <laughs> that was on my list. Yeah. And I remember we lived in two different cities. And so we didn't get to physically meet for about six weeks after we were chatting. Mm-hmm. And I said, will you send me a picture of you? Because we met on a dating site. And mm-hmm. I'm like, send me an actual picture of you, not just what's on the the dating site. And he was wearing a pair of Vans and a fedora. And I'm like, yes, you there are. There you go. There you are. And that
0: is how you manifest. And I do want to talk about this because you can manifest anything. I emphasize that all the time, even as far as the physical aspect. You want a blonde or a brunette or a beard or any of that. However. I don't advise people on manifesting a specific person. Like, say, there's somebody that you know that you want to manifest,
1: because that person may not be for you. No, that's absolutely spot on. I had that happen. I put a lot of energy into being in a situation with a very specific person. I mm-hmm. ended up, and it probably happened that very specific person, yep. and you're on this cloud nine. And that person was icky. Yeah. That person was icky. So as a friend, that person was dynamic and wonderful. In relation, that person was not who I, right? Because I had this vision of what I thought this person was going to be Mm -hmm. versus what they actually were. Yeah. And then that collided. And unfortunately, then I not only lost the relationship, which was never based in any sense of reality, uh, then the friendship dissolved as well, so I lost both. Yeah, you can do it, but I don't recommend I don't, it. I don't. <laughs> I don't advise doing that. No, if it's somebody in in your wheelhouse, if that is meant to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah,
0: I truly do believe that everything was written before we were born, and we always have free will. But you can manifest these certain things, but then you're going to take detours and have all these obstacles and whatnot.
1: If they're not meant to be your person. I also think that having a full life and being full within yourself is key. And Maxwell touched on that. Oh, yeah. When yeah. Ken and I met, I lived in Seattle. I was always going to plays and concerts. I had such a full life. I didn't need somebody to come in and fulfill something for me because I was already so full. Right. And the same was true for Ken. Ken has such a full life; he didn't need. You wanted we it, but both didn't need Seeking it. somebody to join in the fun with us, not create the fun for us. Yeah. It, uh, it, oh no. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I
2: haven't been talking very much. <laughs> no, it's
1: okay. Um.
0: Oh, great. Now I just lost my train oh, of thought. I yeah. T- go ahead.
2: Yeah. Like so true. And also, I wanted to add to that is having great friends and a great tribe a supportive Mm -hmm. network you know yes that's something i'm realizing recently too like having a fulfilling life doing all these things that bring you joy and just fuel your passion with things i'm involved in it's like i stay very busy yeah and it's like you and then when someone comes into your life you can see it it's like is this person worth my time Mm -hmm. to So that I have less time doing these other things. So you get, not to say you're judgy, but you're very cautious of where you spend your time, energy and money. Yeah. And also if relationships don't work out or you need advice from friends, like you have that support network, you know, like that if the relationship does fail, you fall back on hot. There's all these people that support you or you don't need someone else necessarily to to fulfill you either because it's like you already have all these people that love you and keep you going and that you can just open up to.
1: What is the, there's a Celtic saying, may the winds of heaven blow between you. Mm -hmm. It's a, for a wedding ceremony Mm. Mm. because it's your two individual people, your two individual entities. So Ken honors what I need and he encourages me to go fill my cup. Oh yeah. I know what fuels him and I encourage him to go fill his cup mm. separate from me. Oh, that's where I was going with it is have you ever noticed that people who are
0: desperately trying to find their partner or be in a relationship, you're coming from a place of lack and need right. versus being so confident and feeling good where you're at, then that's usually when somebody comes into your life.
1: Absolutely. Do you know how sick and tired I got hearing? I heard this from people all the time. We just need to find you a man. Oh, I heard that all the time. Oh, my My gosh. You just need to go get yourself a man. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I was just at Walmart and I forgot to pick up the man. Yeah,
2: I'll just find one at the thrift store.
1: But yeah, I mean, I heard that because I so what I noticed is, again, everybody I would get with, which makes me sound horrible, but every relationship, dating, whatever, each one was a little better. But I noticed I was still attracting people that had a measuring stick that I could never reach. Mm. And, and, and even though it wasn't as as harsh, each time that person seemed more gentle in the approach, the measuring stick was still there. And so the, this last relationship before Ken, in my head, I'm like, who's the common denominator? Not the men. I'm attracting that man. I'm yeah. attracting someone. That is making me prove my worth. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I must not know my worth. Mm -hmm. And until I get really freaking clear about who I am, I don't need to be dating because I will just keep dating that man. That is so true. And maybe, no, I mean, you just answered
0: it right there because for the longest time, I had asked myself since that relationship in 2020, where I dated him from December until June six months. Is that six months? December or June? Yeah. Okay. And then I was single. I mean, I dated here and there, but I'm talking relationships for two years. And then two years later, I ended up in another relationship from December to June with the same situation. And I was mm-hmm. it was a karmic cycle. But here I was asking myself, like, what? I keep doing the inner work, and I was doing a lot of the inner work. And I kept asking myself, why? How? How could I attract and i grew so much but i attracted the same type of partner and went through you know the same situation wasn't as bad as the first one but it was still very like identical two years later
2: i've noticed the pattern for myself as well yeah
0: Yeah, but you saying didn't really love yourself and that's what it was that's what it was for me because after that that's when i really just came into my power and started knowing who i was
1: Yeah. And I I knew I needed to go into relationships much differently. Mm -hmm. I needed to show up differently. Yep. Not so I could be more worthy of them. Finding your voice. Yeah. You just said it, Maxwell. Standing up for yourself. Saying no when you mean no. Mm. Actually having boundaries. I had Mm -hmm. to get boundaries really crystal clear. So when Ken and I met, I had such a profound sense of who I was. And Ken, had done his work and had such a profound sense of who he was right that it isn't that we haven't had to, we haven't had to grow through things but it's just on a completely different level mm-hmm. the communication is stellar oh and, us too yeah and
2: as you invest in yourself more as you grow as a person heal more like, and level up like your your standard for yourself because mm-hmm. you increases and so like your standard for a partner increases as well.
0: Absolutely.
2: And I just wanna go back to like having the great group of friends because it's like I have a lot of individual not a lot, but a small group (laughs) of friends, but like these people know me so well. And like like you, Tasha, you know, and other people some other individuals, like I can just open up and be authentic. And some of these are like you and another friend Patricia, females, right? Like Or so close. So if somebody else comes in, it's like, that's my standard. Like if I don't have that, it's like, why? Because like, I'm already so fulfilled. I mean, even though it's platonic, Mm -hmm. it's just.
0: That was another thing in those two relationships for me. I have always had just as many guy friends as I do girlfriends. And that is the first thing I would say entering a relationship. Hey, because there's a lot of jealousy out there, toxicity and I would be very clear like, hey, I have several or not even several, but many close guy friends. And it is nothing more than that. These are I don't see male versus female. I see souls. I'm drawn to who I'm drawn to. And they would act like, oh, that doesn't bother me. And then months down the road, the jealousy would start coming out, the insecurities. And I'm like, here we go again. And that is something yeah like you said communication too and like Mm -hmm. I used to have a large group of friends I like my circle small yeah like Maxwell and Christina are two of my bestest friends and I think that's what it is about having those people and when you meet new people do they meet that standard of what you have and do they add to my life
2: yeah and when someone new comes in like my things have shifted for me. Because before, you know, when I had that lack, that seeking validation, I would meet someone and be like, "Ooh, I want this person to be my partner. You know, now it's like, oh, hi, who are you? <laughs> you need to be my friend first. Yeah. And then we'll see, you know, <laughs> but that that's because I have a higher standard for myself.
0: Which everyone should. Every- Absolutely. Yeah. Right. When I Met Vito, I was not looking for a relationship. I told him, I said, "Hey, you can be my special homie," like I talked about in a previous episode. But the more I hung out with him, I grew to love who he is as a person. It was just easy, and that was not expected
1: at all. Um, Ken and I met via online. Okay, the night I was deleting that app.
2: Yeah, I remember we were Yeah, sure we, we yeah,
1: th- literally the night that I was going to say bye bye. Because I was so over the dating scene. I'm over the whole surface conversation. Yeah. I was so happy with life. I'm like, I just don't need this. And when I opened up the app, there was his smiling face and he sent me a message. I hope you're having a good evening. And that started our dialogue. Mm. But having that six weeks of not meeting in person and having just a talk already built this camaraderie between us. I'm not even saying that right. (laughs) and. It's okay. Um, it's not a grammar it was, class. It was well, it is. Um, but it was just so it was just this great exchange Effort-like. and laughter and easy. So when we did meet in person for the first time, I just felt like I already knew so much about him. I knew so I, I knew him. And it was so incredibly easy. Another thing I noticed though is he fits with my family and mm-hmm. my friends. Mm-hmm. Like Effortlessly and vice versa.
2: That's we don't
1: have any weird ickiness between any of our family members or friends. That's so we have just so smoothly intertwined into each other's worlds. Another thing I wanted to touch on was I used to be
0: a fixer. I wanted Mm -hmm. we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. I would attract men who needed a lot of healing, and I. As if, like, I'm coming in to save the day. And I think that thinking about it, that's what changed in me. I said, nope, that's not my job. I want somebody who's going to add value to my life. And I don't want, I want somebody, like you said, who does the inner work. Mm -hmm. I want somebody who is passionate about bettering themselves. And then you come together as a team, but it's not my job to not necessarily fix you, but like, heal you or like you're yeah you know a
2: project for
0: yeah I, and i love projects so i think that's why maybe
2: <laughs> that's why i said the p word yeah. yeah
0: yeah and i used to not love it but i would tend to attract that and that was a game changer for me too i think
1: mine was to monitor my nurturing mm. so you know me yeah i mom everybody I did it to Max. So when he came over for a Reiki, I do it to everybody. <laughs> I tuck them in and say, Are you comfortable? Yeah. But that's and not I'm necessarily literally a backing in. It isn't, but I had a tendency in mm. relationships mm. to turn into my mom. Oh, my me mom too. is the most, she literally the woman walks on water. Uh, if I can be half the woman she is, I'll do something right. But I go into this nurturing mode. No, let me go ahead and make dinner. No, let yeah. me go ahead and do this. No, let me go ahead. And when Ken and I, We were together a year and a half, almost two years before we moved in together. And I noticed myself going right into that nurturing type of role. And I said, oh, to myself, oh, and even said to him, this is something to pay attention to with me Mm -hmm. because I will do this and then I will go into burnout. Mm. And then it turns resentful because then I feel obligated. This is my pattern. So be aware. And he set up patterns with me. I have a tendency to go so full on with my relationships, I lose myself. Mm. I'll stop Mm. hanging out with my friends. Oh, no. So something to pay attention to.
2: Well, that's being introspective. Absolutely. Communicating it.
0: Yeah, my mom actually does that in her marriage where. And I'm a nurturer too. I love nurturing, but also having boundaries, doing it when I want to do it, not that I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And her husband would come home on the weekends and she'd be like, well, I have to make dinner, but then he's not hungry. And I'm like, why are you doing that? He knows where the fridge is or he can cook something, but it just becomes habit that you do that. And I did that in my marriage, but it was different. I enjoyed doing those things. I never, I mean, I loved making dinner. I loved packing him lunches. I loved cleaning. So it wasn't in that way where I was complaining about it or
1: feeling like I needed to do it. And for me, it did. It became mm. like the sacrificial lamb thing, oh. because that's how what I was raised in. Yeah, His mom gave and gave and gave until there wasn't anything less to give. And then, oh, she gave some more. And so that's just the role dynamic that I saw that I really naturally go into mm-hmm. to the point where then to me, it feels like it's an expectation and it kind of loses or, or that's how I would go about not now but that's how I would go about doing it and I, because I knew that pattern I was able to communicate that to Ken and say can you do me a favor and keep me in check mm-hmm. and he knows his patterns and he's like hey that's can you do awesome. me that's a favor so good. Yeah. and because we love each other so much that we do we like I said I love him so much I want him to have his autonomy yeah mm. and he loves me so much that he supports my autonomy
2: that's a huge thing because for Game me change. i get i realized I, I used to get lost in the, in the, other, the person. other person building mm-hmm. a home in the other person or just my whole world becomes this other person you yeah. know? And like when i'm not with them i'm constantly thinking about him, and like yeah and then like you said you get burned out
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's yeah good point because when i met Vito and He is one of the most incredible people I've ever met. He would say to me, you're my one story. And I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) I don't want to be, you know, Maxwell's witnessed it too. I don't want to be your one story. I want to, you know, add to you, but I don't want you to only be thinking about me and only doing everything for me. I don't want you to lose interest in your hobbies to help me with mine. That's not how it should work. We both need to be individual people and then come together and add to each other's lives for sure.
2: Self-sustaining. Yeah. And that also, but it requires having a life that's fulfilling. Yes. Yeah. You have all these things you want to do. Yes, you come together at the nighttime or if you're not living together, like Mm -hmm. off and on, but it's not like your entire life.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know what graciousness is in a relationship? So, you know, moving from Seattle to here was culture shock. Um, Because it's quiet and there's really not a lot to do in comparison to living right smack in the city. I had no friends here. So about a year in after moving here, I went through this kind of, I was a little depressed. I didn't have any friends. I, I didn't have this group yet, this tribe of people. And I remember I was crying and I was talking to Ken about it, how lonely I felt. It was so hard to make friends when I worked in the city, so on and so forth. Never once did he attempt to make it better. Say, "Let me make it better." Mm-hmm. He didn't take that on. Mm-hmm. He's more like, "How can I hold space for you?" Mm-hmm. So he allowed me to have my stuff, knowing I had to work through that myself. Mm-hmm. He could not do that for me. And to me, again, that's one so of the important. game changers. Yeah. But again, it's that whole thing around autonomy and communication. It all oh, comes communication. Down to communication. I have to be able to be honest, even when honesty may not feel good to the other person.
0: Well, I think that's the most important thing, too, is being around people where you know you can speak your truth and be authentic and say what you need to say to that other person because it comes from a place of love and not getting defensive, but knowing that that person is there to help you. You know, that's how we all are. We say the the truest of the the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. We're very just raw with each
1: other and owning whose it is yeah like i said if i know it's my trigger yeah this is my shit i'm gonna own it i'm actually gonna start the conversation with that yes i'm gonna say something and it, this is not about you this yeah. is all me but this happened this was my feeling behind it and it kind of spun me out and then we just talk about it but that already set up guess what what on my plate that doesn't belong on your plate Yeah. So then he's not defensive with it. Mm -hmm. That takes
2: a lot of self-awareness and a lot of work that, you know, a lot of self-healing and learning about yourself to be able to even speak your truth or know why you're feeling a certain way. And I think relationships are a great learning, great way to learn. And then after relationships is a good time to reflect, reflect, Mm -hmm. look back and see. Not only like not pointing the finger. Yeah. Like like, how did you show up in this relationship or how you didn't show up and taking that as an opportunity and not even just for relationships or divorce too. Mm -hmm. Taking that as an opportunity for growth. The people in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a huge turning point and you know especially for divorce your whole life is flipped upside down because you've built a life with this person for so many years. You had children with this person but using that As an, I mean feel what you need to feel like go Mm -hmm. through that it's okay to feel the depression the anger like all those things but not for too long don't (laughs) identify yeah and use that as a time to to change and to grow and seek help if you need to don't be ashamed because if you share what you're going through with all your different friends you're going to get all kinds of different advices instead of sharing it with a confidant or a therapist yeah. right like they have an objective view and tools that you can use you know if you're like me you're forced to go to anger management like go i've gained a lot from that and i a lot of the stuff i learned from that actually use in my men's group right now yes. you know? yes. so it's, it's an opportunity for growth and change and surrender and embrace it
0: i think you know or not i think but i know like no if either of you two were to come to me and say hey tosh I think you need to go to anger management. I would go in a heartbeat because I trust you two. And yeah, I just trust you two. You know, I love constructive criticism and I would never end up in anger management because I don't need that. However, if you guys came to me about something that maybe I didn't necessarily see, I would definitely act on it
1: for sure. And Maxwell nailed it on the head. You've got to have Your support system outside of that relationship. Yes. Your conversations, your safe place outside of the relationship. I think it's so devastating when we expect our partner Mm -hmm. to be everything that's too heavy of a weight for anybody to carry and they buckle under that type of pressure. Mm -hmm. Anyone would. So we've got to have those other outlets. And, and places to have conversation. A saying my dad always said growing up that just
0: always stuck with me no expectations, no disappointments. You know, wow. yeah, just don't expect anything and you'll never be disappointed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is that like a good thing or a bad thing? Yes. It's a good thing because oh, if we <laughs>
0: expect these things, then we're setting ourselves up to be disappointed if it doesn't work out that way. But if you don't expect it, then. Well,
2: yeah, Mm, that's interesting.
0: (laughs) Another thing, too, uh, talking about relationships, whether you're dating right now or something doesn't work out. I've said this in previous episodes. Rejection is redirection. Rejection is protection. So going into something, if you have high hopes and it doesn't work out like the universe has a plan for you and you may not see it. But. It just means something better or more aligned is out there for
1: you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you'll find your person. I was single for a long time between my last boyfriend and Ken. I think I went five years. Yeah. I think I went about five years. Again, very much a lot of that was choice. Mm -hmm. I I could have dated people, but I didn't want to date someone just for the sake of Mm -hmm. saying I was. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So your person's out there. But I think the work is to ask yourself, are you happy? And if not, what areas do you need to fulfill within Mm -hmm. yourself? Not what are they going to come in and create for me? But how can you create that for yourself and just get really happy and clear within yourself? And it comes back
0: to ask, believe, receive. So put it out there what you want but then surrender. Forget about it. Don't chase it. Know that it's coming and just keep doing
1: your thing. Pray uh, rain. Huh? And also,
2: uh, what'd you say? What'd you say? Yeah. Pray rain. Have Pray you guys rain. heard of that? Oh, no. I was no. like, what?
1: Pray what? So a bullet point. <clears throat> I'll try to bullet point because I don't want to cut you off, Maxwell. No, you're fine. There was a gentleman that had the opportunity to go hang with a Native American tribe and that tribe happened to be in, in a drought. So he was with the medicine man and the chief, and they said, hey, you could come and join us and observe our ceremony for rain. And so they're watching the ceremony happen. And when they were done, he circled back with the medicine man and the chief and said, hey, can you guys tell me what was it that you were asking for when you asked for rain? And they looked at him like he was insane. They looked at him like he was crazy. They're like, what are you talking about? Well, you know, when you ask for rain and they're like, we don't ask for rain. We're thanking the rain. The rain already exists. Mm-hmm. So the concept is to pray rain or think it as if it's so. You just did a video on this, right? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where.
2: So you just. Oh yeah, that's where I thought. Yes, it Yes, was, I, was I like, know. I was like, did why does this we sound familiar? Have this yeah, yeah. It's
1: called pray rain. In other yeah. words, <laughs> uh, 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 state it as if it's so. Yeah, act as if mm-hmm. it Absolutely. already exists.
2: What I wanted to add was. Um, when you find another partner, I think it goes on with your have no expectation, like mm-hmm. this other partner or even your current partner, I guess, whatever it's yeah. relationship dynamic you're in. It's like it could be for a season or lifetime. Mm-hmm. And the, you don't know, but there's always a lesson in that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, were you done? I thought you were. Oh, yeah.
2: Sorry. To- <laughs> I was like, were you. Ex- yeah, yeah I'm, there's I'm always I'm done, a lesson. So. Definitely. <laughs> yeah.
1: What else we got, guys? Um. I don't know. Kids in divorce. Mm. How is that as a man navigating kids in divorce? Because it's going to be a really different, my experience I'm sure was very different Mm. than yours.
2: Yeah. It was a relief for a while to be removed from that situation because I understand now that I'm doing what I do. I'm a very sensitive person. And that's because I feel a lot of other people's emotions. And I sense a lot of energy. So in a house where I had three children, three young children, and where I didn't feel supported or seen or validated or understood, like all that together was unbearable. Mm. And that's why I became resentful. That's why I was angry. That's why I lashed out. So being able to be removed from that situation for a period of time for me to heal was really like a good thing for me. (laughs) I love my children. I appreciate the balance I have now. I think it's working out extremely well for the type of person I am to see them for a period of time and then not see them a period of time. And then I'm not wasting that time. I'm not with them. You know, I do do have a full-time job. I do my Reiki and breath work, and I'm also involved in a lot of other things. I'm not just watching, binge watching TV, but I mean everyone's different. And I know it's for a short period of time when they grow up, it's going to be a different dynamic mm-hmm. You know, or when they're just a little bit older. And even maybe my dynamic with my ex-wife will change. It's already changing. She's getting engaged. <laughs> yeah. So whatever comes out of that, it's just going with the flow of things and realizing what works for you and what doesn't. And
0: I also think it's really important to learn your partner i think whether it's human design astrology all of those things play a role in it the more you learn about your partner the better in the way you guys can communicate together too let me see here so i am a virgo aquarius virgo and my boyfriend is a Pisces. He's got a lot of water in his chart. Very emotional, um, very strong emotions. Me, I don't have a lot of water and I'm not a very emotional person. So learning that about each other, it helps us understand how we process things or handle situations mm-hmm. and things That way too. I think that's really important. Yeah.
2: I didn't have that knowledge back then. Oh, me neither. (laughs) No one. So it's like you're just kind of like lost in all Yeah.
0: But Uh, now it like helps so much, even not even relationships, but friends. Like all of us, we're always, you know, digging into each other's charts and whatnot. Yeah.
2: I'm definitely a lot of water. And that makes sense. Like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah. Aquarian baby.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or he's a Scorpio. Oh, Scorpio. Yeah. And Aries. So Scorpio, Libra, Aries. That's right. Oh, and
0: Christine, okay. what are you? Gemini. What's your moon and rising? I can't remember. Scorpio <laughs>
1: is it, which one? Well, or? So I'm Gemini, Sun. Mm-hmm. Like that's my birth sign, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then Gemini, Scorpio, Gemini, something like that. Oh man, we need to pull your chart. Yeah,
0: Definitely. and also the
2: Human Design. Oh I'm, my I'm gosh. a generator, you know. I'm like people are attracted to my energy, which yeah, is great. But it also like when you not understand that, like that's why it's gotten me in trouble before and not like terrible trouble but that's why i don't date because i just attract people Mm -hmm. but if i don't practice discernment or set boundaries or know who i am or have these standards i just allow things to happen and then and that doesn't happen oh someone else gets attracted to me and then i just follow that bandwagon totally
0: (laughs) and it's not even about relationships i think it's crucial to dig into human design and astrology and whatnot, because me personally, I'm a manifesting generator Mm -hmm. and manifesting generators like to do a lot of different things at the same time. And I used to feel, I felt shame or from things that people would say to me, but learning about my human design chart has helped me understand why I am the way I am and that it's not a wrong way or a bad way, or I'm too much of this, or I'm all over the place. It's helped me understand why i operate the way i do
2: yeah definitely really helpful to understanding oneself mm-hmm. and to realize like oh this is why Yeah, sorry i'm just like reiterating what you just no, said no 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 yeah, yeah totally <laughs> i am agreeing with yes. <laughs> that that's what i meant <laughs> and what
0: are you christina in human design uh manifester manifester okay. i'm a manifester
2: Ooh, there's manifester, my chart so generator, we got it. yeah and a
0: manny gen
2: what are some of the oh you're
0: ones? a virgo rising oh, me okay. too so uh sun moon yeah so you're Gemini, Scorpio, Virgo. Oh, that makes. Okay, so we'll have to talk later because I could talk about this stuff all night, but about our Virgo rising. And we are just coming up on an hour,
1: so probably got to cut it short here soon. One more thing, mm-hmm. and you can cut this out, but another game changer for Ken and I. Mm-hmm. Ken has ADHD.
0: Mm-hmm. Me too.
1: So when you were talking about knowing your partner, mm-hmm. 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 knowing how his brain works. Yes. And then we've learned... Why would I cut this part out? But this is juicy (laughs) because so many adults (laughs) have ADHD. Yeah. And (laughs) your brains work so different. Autism. And I can Mm -hmm. derail him in a way like nobody's business without meaning to because he goes into... Everybody thinks ADHD is just that bing, 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 bing bing. Mm brain. And it's hyper-focus. Yeah. So he gets this hyper-focus going on that he can't get himself out of. Mm -hmm. And if I come into a room and start having a conversation and he's in hyper-focus, then I get this look. Mm
0: -hmm. And the
1: look I take, right, Mm -hmm. I see the look and I go, I get triggered because it's like, why are you looking at me like that? What did I say? Yeah. And he, what? And But I've we've been able to communicate this, so it doesn't really happen really that much anymore. But before I'd get this look and I'd feel like, oh, my gosh, what am I saying that's so bothersome? What was really happening is he was in this hyperfocus and I came in and said, blah, blah, blah. And he's looking because he's searching to get out of the hyperfocus so he can be in tune yes. with me. Mm-hmm. And or I'm trying to say a sentence and we're driving in the car and it's, oh, look, squirrel. Right in the middle of my sentence. Okay, so I get back to what I'm saying about, oh, screw up. Okay, and then I get back. So you have ADHD and a storyteller in a relationship. So now we've learned to find ways to communicate. I'll say, hey, yeah, can you be right here with me? I want to tell you about something. And if he knows he cannot in his brain focus, he'll say later, done. It's the end of the conversation, and mm. then he rounds back with me. Perfect his example of why it's so important to learn your partner. You need yeah. to yeah. know who your partner is. Well, in
2: my case, I didn't even know this until my mother brought it up, that my ex-wife exhibits autism. Mm-hmm.
0: Or, well, my niece is autistic. Yeah.
2: yeah, and it's like my son's slightly on the spectrum, and then my mom's saying that, and then knowing my ex-wife's father, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. and I, but I had no yeah. coup, anything of those and that all was tied
0: every single one of us is so different yeah. and yeah learning each other is very important since we do have to wrap this up here soon I want to ask you both what is a piece of advice or a recommendation on a book or what last bit of something do you want to deliver to our audience. Maxwell? He's like, oh, you uh, put me on
2: the spot. I don't know. He can't come back. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Christina, I, I mean... you
1: got anything? Um, yeah, divorce is really, really hard. Even when it's amicable, more amicable like yours, Tasha, mm-hmm. it's still really hard yep. to give yourself the space and the freedom to have whatever feels come up with that. But don't be afraid to ask yourself the tough questions. Right. How did I show up? You know, if you're with somebody and they're abusive or they cheat, whatever the circumstances, it's so easy to point at them, but they're the reason. Great. So they're the reason. Great. Go ahead. I'll give you that. They're the reason everything would be fine in the world. It was all them. How did you show up in that relationship? Start asking yourselves, how am I going to show up differently? And what is it going to feel like? Not just what is that person, the next person going to look like or dress like or how much money they're going to make, how is it going to feel when I'm in the presence of that person? And really hone in on that because guarantee you when they show up, you'll know. And when you're sitting across from somebody that doesn't match that feel, Mm -hmm. you will definitely know. And then you're not wasting your time and you're not wasting that other person's time.
0: Yeah, I think for me, my advice is, If there's anybody out there right now who's struggling in a current relationship, direct it back to yourself. Stop focusing on the relationship. Bring it back to self and ask yourself, what do I need to do to not have this happen? How can I bring more joy into my life? Do what you need to do to make you happy. Put yourself in a bubble. And that's what I did. I put this protective bubble around me and I said, nothing can touch me. No matter what anybody throws at me, it's just going to bounce right off of me and I'm going to do what I need to do. Nobody's going to take my peace from me. So what about you, Maxwell?
2: I think it's just becoming a student of life and even internally and externally, you know, learn all you can about yourself, why you're triggered, your past, like
0: Knowledge is power.
2: Yeah. And also be interested in other people. Anyone you meet, learn about them. Everything about them. Human design. Learn yeah. your human design. Learn your astrology and dive into all of that stuff. Read a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go or to,
0: audibles if you don't like to read. Yeah. Audibles.
2: Go mm-hmm. to workshops. Go to.
0: Try um, new things.
2: Yeah. Um, for me, I did a lot of breath work, work or learn, learn new things that you feel drawn to, but also build that community of support. You don't have to do it alone. No.
0: Yeah, and for those of you in different states, um again, I have two Reiki masters and oh yeah. they do distant. <laughs> it does not have to be in person. They can do Zoom and there's so many different options available. Um what would be a good I know I said we're wrapping it up and we are, but what would be a recommendation on self-help like a book an audible a documentary what is something that's impacted your guys's life
2: I thought the inner work was really good that's
0: really good i haven't finished that one yet i'm currently reading that
1: one okay christina what about you um if it's if the person that is listening to this is about 40 years old or older it would be why we can't sleep Oh, I have that in my thing. It's I've an never amazing, listened to it. amazing, amazing book, and it really helps you understand why you are the way you are, especially as Gen X women. It really does explain a lot about why we function the way that we do. Um, and then, believe it or not, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey.
0: I haven't finished mm, that
1: one yet either. One. I'm like halfway through. I tend yeah. to skip around. <laughs> yeah. Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights. That's a really profound book.
2: Especially the Audible version because it's actually him. Narrating his yeah. own book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's it. got, pretty fantastic, but
1: it's got so much juice in that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, me, it would probably be
0: oh gosh, I've listened to a lot of incredible books. This last year, I went on a Joe Vitelli kick, probably listened to about five or six of his books and The Abundance Paradigm. Have either of you listened to that one? Mm-mm. That's a really good one. Yeah. That would probably be my recommendation. And yeah. the four agreement. Oh, that's a good one, too. Maybe we'll do, I know at the ending of my last episode, I recommended some books and documentaries and whatnot. But maybe we should end up doing like a full episode and kind of go in in depth about the things we're recommending. Yeah, or that would be good. Even
2: mm-hmm. just be curious. It's like, how did we learn about this? Yeah, Friends, have TikTok or Instagram learn your algorithm. Be, yep. be searching. Like search yep. search. Um, Joe Dispatch you oh yeah you know, or awesome search, search mm-hmm. mel robbins and mm-hmm. then from there you branch out pick and then what like,
0: lights you up like yeah. scroll through and yeah
2: and then they'll recommend a book or you'll gain some insight from them and then it just branches out from there and then just keep going and then you read one book you like it read another yes. one don't like it it's fine like just explore
0: i'm a knowledge junkie which is crazy because it wasn't until four years ago when i started my spiritual journey But before that, I think it had been probably about 10 years since I read a book. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just one after the other. Mm -hmm. I love it. With how much it's changed my life, too. And, yeah, I love it. Well, thank you both for coming on. Um, Any last words or anything? Love yourself, Maxwell.
2: I know. Love yourself,
0: Tasha. Yes. I'm the shit. I do love myself. (laughs) Love yourself, Christina.
2: I I am worthy and I bring love. Yes, that's my favorite scene. (laughs)
0: Yay, okay, well, we will see you all
1: soon.